like twin sons on a womp rat's ass. Welcome back to the Tumbling Saber podcast, everybody. I'm Kyle. Uh, I'm Corey. <laughs> I'm Carlos. Welcome back, everybody. The Mando has come to save us, and with it, he has brought some great sayings, which I'm going to keep using week <laughs> after week forevermore. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, how was your Halloween? This is like the weirdest Halloween ever. Um, we made the best of it, and I think we did a great job of it, if I have to be honest. But what? how did you guys enjoy your Halloweens? Uh, I mean, ours, I mean, I would have I would have liked to have gone out, but we didn't go out, unfortunately. But we, we got creative around the house, you know, like uh, I bought a costume. I dressed up as Pikachu for my son and didn't really tell him till, you know, the big unveil. And, uh, you know, he, he wanted to be Black Panther badly. So got him a Black Panther costume. And the little the little baby Mando is actually baby Yoda, the child, man. He looks so cute, too, because he's walking now. And like the thing is for a two year old, right? And he's uh, 11 months. And it just fits his feet, man. Like, it's just over his feet, so he's not tripping on himself, right? And it was just perfect, man. <laughs> it was so funny to watch him run around the house with that, man. Like, I was cracking up. It was so good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we built uh, some crazy... Like, we're moving this week. We're going back to the house, finally. And, uh, I don't know, I got about 20, 30 boxes in the basement. I was like, hey, man, let's build a haunted fort, you know? So we did that with, like, a little trap door, and that's where we hid the candy and whatnot bought all kinds of candy and you know we watched ghostbusters and uh we watched the the garfield halloween special in the haunted fort which is really cool uh, it's kind of special you know and uh yeah other than that man uh it was it was different i mean we, we walked the streets we didn't intend on going trick-or-treating and, uh, anyway like i'm separated from his mother right and what yeah <laughs> This is my oldest. Anyhow, we 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 go. We're we're both dressed up, you know. Uh, my significant other is putting the baby to bed, so I'm like, we'll just go chill in the streets, you know. Like, just go walk around, see what's up, if anything's going on. He doesn't even have a pillowcase, and he's like, "Oh, can I call mom?" You know, and I'm like, "Sure, you can." He calls her. And he's like, "Yeah, we're just trick or treating," and we're like we explicitly oh, no. had like a conversation. Don't between each say other. that. We're not, <laughs> <laughs> like we're we're like. Her and I, we're not, he's not going to go trick-or-treating. Don't worry. Like, and then she's like, put your father on the phone. <laughs> I was like, looking, like shaking my head at him. I'm like, no, we're just taking a walk. It's like, are you sure? Like, yeah. He doesn't even have a pillowcase. I don't know why he's saying this, but then he, it kind of upset him in the long run. It was finally, that was like one of his breaking points kind of like, where like he was cool with it the whole time. He understood. He, he showed no qualms with it. And then. I guess maybe he was tired too. I don't know, but he was like, "I wanted to go trick or treating." I was like, "I know, buddy," but look, you could, like we had a he had a free for all, man. Like it was basically, I bought I bought like three bags. My girlfriend bought like two boxes of chocolate bars, and was like, "Eat as much as you want." And I watched him, man. As we were watching the movie, we were watching Ghostbusters, and I was like, "Just, <laughs> just go to town it, and just then plowing it down." Yeah, I was I was kind of like, you know, when's he gonna give up? And I at a point I saw his breaking point. He's like, "I'm kind of good." I think I'm going to go get some water. I was like, water? I was like, excellent choice. Like, <laughs> wow. You have like, to beg him to drink water. He's like, please, the juice, milk, milk. I was like, water? <laughs> Kids and candy. Like, they just don't know when it's enough until they physically feel ill. And it hits them like a ton of bricks. They just don't know when to stop. And they, they don't want to. It's like, I'm sure there's resent in there where they're like, Oh man, 
I gotta put the pillowcase away. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to hear it, man. Like I'll tell them straight up, like your teeth will rot, this and that. And he's just like, yeah. First thing, like in the morning, he's like, can I, can I have a, like a lollipop? I'm like, have you eaten breakfast? Have you even brushed your teeth? He's like, no. It's like, oh, I'm like, do you need to go back to bed? <laughs> Wake up again. <laughs> Reset. Yeah. Let's try that again. Oh, anyway, it was, it was it was fun. It was different, really different. You know, full blue moon and whatnot. That was kind of cool too. But uh, yeah, just kind of a bit tragic again. Like again, for the children, like children of our age, there's a small finite window where they actually want to go trick or treating, or it's cool to go trick or treating before you're kind of persecuted. <laughs> you know, in your later teens for saying you're too old or whatever. Unfortunately. But, uh, you know, Halloween never ends. You go to parties and whatnot after you're like still dressing up at 40 years old. That's fun. But it's not the same as that trick or treating, you know, that that finite little period of their lives. And they just lost a whole year of it, man. Like kind of bites. Yeah, but, you know, it just forced the grownups to be grownups and come up with another solution, which I think a lot of that's people it. We, did. Which... That's it. We made different memories. Yeah. How about you, Carlos? Did you do anything? Did you have the kids this weekend? No, I didn't have the kids this weekend. Uh, so uh, my Halloween consisted of it's, it's also my mom's birthday, so I dropped her off. Uh, I dropped off her gift, and uh, I actually worked yesterday. <laughs> but um, that, that's it. I was just uh, watching uh, uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Nice. So I'm binge, binging that and. Uh, uh some scary movies i watched the purge uh a couple of nights ago and then yesterday there was something else oh yesterday i watched a true crime uh documentary on netflix uh the american something american murder oh my god like such a tragic story but uh yeah like sometimes you know real life is scarier than than the fiction the shenanigans yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw the perfect meme for that the other day. It was like two people, like one was me after watching like a super scary movie that actually is like all f- fiction doesn't make any sense kind of, you know, and they're like, their eyes are wide open. They can't sleep. And it's like me after watching like a Netflix docuseries on a serial killer that actually exists. And you're like sleeping like sound as a baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's uh <laughs> back ass words. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for us, um, what we did, we we kind of nixed the trick-or-treat thing. Like, early on, we said, well, we're not going to do it. We'll find something else to do. So we settled on, like, a scavenger hunt, similar to Easter morning. But instead of inside, we just did it outside and just used our whole property. And so we just let the kids go buck wild, and we just hid stuff in bushes, up ladders, in tires, in bricks, on the fence, everywhere. And so it took them a good while to find everything. And I'm sure there's still stuff out there. I'm sure they, they didn't find anything and we'll find it in the spring or to be like a late fall snack that they'll find out in the garden. Uh, so we did that. And then for trick-or-treating, what we did was uh, we had like this toy chest and it's, it's from the 60s. So it's got this old timey vibe to it. And the kids, we got some like dollar store uh, junk, <laughs> jewels and stuff like that and just pirate swords. So the kids had fun decorating it pirate chest style. And then we filled it with uh, we filled like 50 bags of candy in Ziplocs and then put that in a cup. And then we filled the toy chest with those cups so trick-or-treaters could come by 
take a cup and be gone, minimal touching. But what we did is we rigged it so that like we tied some fishing line to the lid of the treasure chest and then ran it up through our living room window. And then so when people came up to into our driveway to the towards the chest and we lit we had some like lit pumpkins uh, leading to the chest, I, we would yank the fishing line and it would open the chest with nobody around. So it was kind of spooky in that way. And I I put my Bluetooth speaker in the bottom of it with uh, and I hooked it to a to a YouTube video of like an hour and a half of of uh, scary Star Halloween Wars. screams. No, not Star Wars. <laughs> Halloween screams interrupted by commercials for Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, but it it, it it worked to really good effect. Like we spooked quite a few kids because I would pa- like when there was nobody in the driveway, I would I would pause the the video, and then when they came up, I would time it so I'd open the open the lid. And then press play on the video, and it would blast, and it would like ah! this <laughs> this Halloween shriek, and a couple of kids like jumped. Nice. And the parents are laughing at their their <laughs> kid as they soil their costumes. Uh, so, and that's really all I wanted for Halloween was just some some other children's urine in my driveway. Uh, so that was check. We got Jesus. that. Took a few a few years off some young kids' lives, which. We all deserve to deserve to use a few lose a few years off 2020. That's you know that's that's what this year is going to take as a toll, and the kids are no different. So, what about those dudes? You ever have those guys back in the day when you're trick or treating that like really took the time to like make a costume that really made you wonder? You know, when they're sitting on the on the deck as a scarecrow or something that's a, supposed to be a fake prop, then you come in at the last minute and they're like, Bleh. Uh. <laughs> like so many times I've been fooled. I'm like, is that one? Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, That's nothing. why sometimes... you need to carry a stick and you just poke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Just> poke. <laughs> but those are the real heroes, man. Those guys that sit <laughs> up there. You're just so weird. And my it's kids, true though. <laughs> my kids cleaned up, man. Like they, besides the candy that they picked from from my wife and I, our neighbors every year they they put together like this big baggie of candy for my kids, and so they all came over at some point in the day and said, you guys going out tonight? Nope. Well, here's their stuff. And <laughs> they just cleaned up and there's a, an older couple around the corner. They gave the kids money, candy, uh, a $20 McDonald's gift card. We're like, what the hell? <laughs> oh my God. $20. Yeah. That's enough McNuggets to have a coronary. Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> like I said, yeah, taking, taking years <laughs> off children's lives. That's what you do at Halloween. And what does it more than a McDonald's gift card? Clogging those junior <laughs> arteries. So yeah, yeah. that was that was Halloween twenty twenty. Firming up those arteries, firming them up. <laughs> so yeah, that was our, our Halloween twenty twenty. And my at the end of it, my wife was like, "I think that was probably my favorite Halloween." Oh, that's nice, man. Like she's not, she doesn't like the whole trick or treating thing, and it just it's it's you know one year after, she doesn't like repetition. Period. So to mix it up this way and to have to go through those paces. I think she really liked, and I could see us doing that uh, treasure chest thing almost every year. And this the scavenger hunt thing was great. That was that was such a fun time because you get to see how blind your kids are. <laughs> cool. Anyway, um, happy Halloween, everybody. Hope you had a great time. Uh, let's get into our Star Wars weeks. Did we do anything important or special? Come on, what did we do? Well, we we caught up on the man on the Mando family style. I I, I was already done. Like. I kept watching it 
and anyway, my my son and my my girlfriend caught up on Friday. They watched the last two episodes, and then we finally watched the season premiere. Awesome. That's it. Yeah, well, even I got a collecting update. Oh well. <laughs> All That's right. Actually, it was actually a pretty it was a pretty good week, but sadly, it uh, really this one stung a bit. It had been a lot better. We'll put it that way. Anyhow, the week started with uh, I didn't think I was gonna find this guy. I actually spoke to you about it back in a Kyle. That I'm like, I'm not even gonna bother because, but I found the the old school line ghost, the real Ghostbusters, the animated series. State we Puff Marshmallow Star- Man. I thought we were talking. No, I had Star that Wars. as a child and it... collectibles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I was really stoked to have it. I slept with that thing, man. I, I love that toy. So I was stoked to get that. It was a it was a good omen for the week. As time went on, whatever I I got to do like the the whole Kyle and I's like basic our, our circuit of you know I did a big radius kind of I had to go change my tires at my parents' place so uh, you know I hit up the comic shop all that good stuff and I found Dark Nihilus which you know it doesn't seem to be very it seems a bit sought after but you know it seems like everybody's getting him it's not anything too special but at the same time he's a Darth it's kind of cool. It's nice to have some more dark side representation there. And uh, I also got the clone lieutenant, which is pretty sweet. And the new boxes and stuff like that. So that, that was kind of sweet. Then I, I, I finally, finally got the call, dude, from my guy, Steve Legros at Kaya Boutique. Just like touching base with him. And he's like, yep. Yeah. He's like, I got your Ahsoka and Zeb. Zeb. So Amazon can kiss my, you know what? Grits. Oh, pretty much. There you go. That was disappointing, man. I, re- I I need that figure, man. The Zeb one. That's that's high on the priority list this year. So anyway, he says he's got them locked down for me. Just waiting on a few more rebels to come in and ship my way. Then the big one would really be, you know, our our comic book guy he bought a, a collection off someone recently, like all CGC graded stuff for the most part. This one wasn't, but you know, it was very fine condition. But I finally, finally. Pulled the trigger on a Star Wars issue one, man, from the 1977 run, I believe. Was it 77 or 78? Uh, I'm not. I, I think it may even have come out before the movie. Yeah, if I'm, I'm not pretty mistaken. sure it did too. It was very misleading. Very misleading. Well, it ex- and it, it explains why like Luke's lightsaber is red and all, like nothing makes sense about the art on the cover. It's so weird. And it, the only way that does make sense is if Howard Chaykin didn't know what the final product would be. Anyway, it's kind of cool. Like I've I've been looking for that one for a while. Like Kyle said, I, I should have bought it a long time ago. Like I had a chance to buy it. I think back in 2017 for like 40 bucks, which would have been a steal at this point. But uh, anyway, yeah, pretty decent chunk of change. But I was pretty happy to to have it in the collection finally. Yeah, that's, that's about it that, for now. But oh, it's oh, a good one to get. This Kyle sends me a photo, <laughs> supposedly of one of his buddies. Send some a pic of this Walmart indoor, well, a couple towns over basically from where I'm staying at the moment. Not next door. It's a decent hike. And I'm like, oh, I can't get out. You know, we're busy today. Anyhow, first thing this morning, man, like get up. I'm watching the kids. My girl, Frank gets up. I got to go get dog food. And I'm like, I'm just going to make a quick stop by Walmart. <laughs> Wait, so, a, a quick stop at Walmart. Three towns, Two towns away. over. <laughs> that Walmart in specific. I failed to mention that. Either way. Yeah, because there's a Walmart like 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes from where you are. 
Yeah. <laughs> Skip that one. That one that yeah. one is an absolute wasteland. Skip that one entirely. This one was weird. Oh, I had never been in a Walmart. The one, the one that I'd went to in Doraval. I'd never been there before. It's such a weird looking Walmart. Oh, anyway, well, it, it, it has Kmart vibes. It's it's a former yeah, Zellers kind of. It's a former Zellers yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> so Kyle sends me a photo of like Cad Bane, the Treasurer. It's got Han, Luke, Leia from Return of the Jedi, and their uh, Scout Trooper or Endor. Fatigues. Anyhow, I'm like, oh, I was so disappointed I couldn't get there that day. So, I, like I said, first thing this morning, I rush over there. I'm there at like 9 a.m. and all gone. Not a one, not even one of those. That it was the whole the whole wave was there. So someone, one person, definitely probably scooped the whole wave. Probably it may have been my buddy too. Like if someone said, "Hey man, I I need all that. Grab it for me." He may have done that. Don't know. Me 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 me. Oh, poor Corey. I love it. I love because I, I knew. I, I love. I love when you lose. Oh, oh, well, just I'm gonna win those figures. I tried, man. I'm not. Trying. It's not like I'm not trying. <laughs> Dude, I wanted that score. I was like, give me that. Give me that toy section. It's like, where are they? And I, I saw that. where they would have been. Like comparatively to the photo that you sent me, like they should be right here. And it was like, just completely vacant and empty you sound like, like you sound like obi-wan talking about camino it should be right here but it isn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, oh uh, this this sustains me Corey. really your disappointment in collecting sustains me it uh I'm, it was, I'm, it was, oh, God, it was disappointing it. it's so exciting when you're i was rushing up an escalator and everything never been in an escalator in walmart before <laughs> <laughs> i was like what's going on <laughs> <laughs> the things to, that amuse us in 2020. Holy cow. Anyway, yeah. I, I was. I didn't believe it at first either. I was. I, was, I must have been up there quite some time, man. I was like, I kept looking around. I'm like, they're here somewhere. <laughs> no one could have taken them all. It's like, it was just yesterday. God damn it. Oh, I can feel your disappointment. And then I called oh. you. I tried calling you. You didn't pick up. And then my phone literally died like a second later. What were you going to call me about? What were you going to call me for? The (laughs) bitch. Just a bitch. Because I called you right back and it just went straight to voicemail. I was like, ah, this figures. Why is your phone dead? You gave me hope too when you went. Yeah, exactly. How is your phone dead at 9 a.m.? It's weird, man. I left the house. It was at 30%. And even when I called you, it was at. Why is your phone at 30% at 9 a.m.? Who does that? Well, you know Kramer that's who oh yeah how do you it happens this this phone doesn't take a good charge anymore man it sucks you're blaming the phone now for not being plugged in all night <laughs> blame the phone you know it, it's possible hey, phone now, like, it, may, it may have been plugged in but it loses its connection at one point some a lot of times I'd say it's like a 50 50 you I'm not yeah. there to like watch it you, you plugged it in at Midnight at forty percent. You picked it up in the morning at thirty, and it died on you. Yeah, come on. Yeah. You know, even at work, at work, my the, the USB that I have is so bad that I have I put an elastic, I rig an elastic system to make it all like get in there. Maybe it's time I for a new some... phone. I mean, look, I'm I'm somebody who likes to use things until they're dead, but maybe it's time for a new phone. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't pay for it, so. I'll well, really use it till it's dead, dead, dead. No, if it, if you don't pay for it, you march right into IT's office and say, "Hey, man, this thing doesn't hold a charge anymore. Can I get a new phone?" 
Boom. <laughs> They're going to get you a new phone. You should see my IT guy. <laughs> Is he the guy to talk to? You go talk to the guy. You go find that guy. Say, I, I need a new phone. Or talk to your boss and he'll des- escalate it. Come on, man. Get a, get a phone. Uh, it still works fine enough. But I, I knew. Oh, man. When my buddy sent me the picture of Dorval at <laughs> Dorval Walmart with all that, that whole wave. And I thought it was you that thought, sending, sending me that picture. And, and right I tell away, my I'm wife, like, I'm like, hey, Candace, check this out. <laughs> and I sent Corey the picture. He's, I'm, he's going to think this is me. <laughs> yeah. And he it's messaged like me back. Oh, look, can you get those free? No, that's not my picture. <laughs> <laughs> you probably just screen grabbed it from another Walmart. No, man. No. So I started thinking. That's what I was calling a bitch at you. No, oh, man. That's it. It was to- totally above board, except for me just trying to jer- jerk your chain, which I totally did. Um, oh, cool, man. Carlos, anything up with you this week, Star Wars related? Uh, yes. I uh, ended up getting the BB 8 and uh, Stormtrooper, the First Order Stormtrooper brick sketches. Um, those uh, little uh, display thingy, yeah, uh, from Lego. Um, I also got uh, Batman and Joker uh, of the brick sketches too. Wow. Uh, yeah. Are those the little ones that like measure eight by eight inches or so, or the are we talking about, like the big? They they feel like they're like a foot square. Yeah, it's uh, well, they're I don't know how to explain it. They're like um, just five by seven, I guess. Like a picture type of thing. Okay. And uh, yeah. Anyways, they're they're pretty cool. I I figured I'd get those for uh, stocking stuffers. I uh, got a um, couple of those uh, uh, <laughs> Mario uh, power up packs. Uh, those are cool, man. I just want those. Yeah, they're just. But you have to buy the, the the Mario figure in the other set. That's seventy bucks. Oh, I, yeah, I know it's it's outrageously expensive, but they are super cool. Yeah, they, they are. I find I find they are. Um, what else? I got the um, another one of the DK books, uh, the Yoda Chronicles. Okay, um, which is pretty good. One of my other boys is going to get that for Christmas. But uh, the cool thing about it is the. Um, uh, the the five oh first trooper that's uh in the in the cover uh, so there's an actual uh exclusive minifig uh, in the in the cover i could probably uh get my money's back with uh, just with that figure <laughs> you're probably right yeah um i made my way to the uh to the lego store uh, to pick up the baby yoda and uh, when I got in the store, they weren't on the shelves. And he said that um, uh, they're set to be uh, sold on November 1st. And I'm like, no, no, no. I whipped out my phone. It says October 30th on the website, uh, blah, blah, blah. And it already, the set was already on back back order uh, wow. by the time I walked, walked into the store, um, probably at 11 a.m. And... So it had just gone on sale probably at 9 a.m. Already on back order until November 19th. And um, the guy's like, well, we have them in the back, and uh, but I can't do anything. I'm, uh, I'm like, okay, whatever. So I left with the, the, those things that I bought. Well, then why tell you that? 
That's that was an awful thing to say. Pretty much, but but about two hours later, I got an email. Uh, just uh, I'm gonna pull it up here. We're gonna do a live read on the show here. I got an email from my buddy at the Lego store, and it's uh, the t- <laughs> the title is Star Wars Baby Yoda. Hey, Carlos. Thanks for coming to the store today. You asked about the new Star Wars Baby Yoda, and at the time, we could not sell it. We have now been given the go-ahead to sell it. We have placed one on hold for you in the back with the Star Wars keychain giveaway. Uh, call us uh, to confirm what date you'd like to keep with, uh, on hold for. Whatever. And then, so that's it. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. I, I went all the way out to uh, to Point Claire and... Uh, I drove back home and then I got the email. I'm like, "F that, man! I'm going to get it right now." Like I didn't want to wait. I was gonna. You can't trust these going. people. Yeah. <laughs> so I called in and um, uh, another uh, another guy is like, "Yeah, no problem. It's here for you. Not a problem." I walked into the store and uh, yeah, it was waiting for me. I got the Han Solo in in carbonite keychain. Uh, but it's like actually like um, metal, like it's weighted. Cool. Yeah, it's a cool little. It's a cool little piece. I don't know. You get that with orders over a hundred dollars of Star Wars pur- purchases. They're they're giving those uh, for until supplies last. Uh, and that's it. That's uh, so I got my BB Yoda. I got a couple of other things that I can't remember right now because, uh, yeah. My weekend's catching up with me. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll talk about it next week if I remember. Nice. Uh, I had a, a big week. I didn't think I would. I, I, part of it is because I forgot about a lot of things. But um, I started my week by finishing Squadrons, which I, I spoke a lot about in our latest episode of Luminous Beings. So if you're a powerful friend, hopefully you've heard that. If not, go check it out. If you want to hear it, jump on our Patreon and you'll hear that conversation where we also talked about The Mandalorian. Surprise, surprise, and pressure and all that stuff. But yeah, we talked a lot about Squadrons as well. So that's done. Corey, I thought you'd be very pleased to hear that because last week you made a point of giving me the gears for not having finished it. How many levels was it finally? Uh, 14. Okay, and you thought it was what, 8? I thought it was 10. 10. And some of those levels uh, were easy, some were very difficult, some, some, uh, oh boy, they really hung me up bad. Are there difficulty settings, like easy, medium, hard, whatever? Uh, There's story mode, which is just easiest setting as possible. Then there's pilot, which is normal. And then there's two more challenging levels. I just played it on regular. So I think I need to go through it again, because I'm not, still not very good. I just plow ahead until I get through the level. But I need I need to get better at this game. It's it's driving me nuts that I suck so bad. So I'll I'll do that and then uh maybe step it up a level to to the uh more difficult settings, but uh before before that yeah, I I got to got to hone my skills a little more. Uh from on the collecting front, whew, yeah, that's where things got uh, kind of busy on me. So I got the Deluxe Armorer from Hasbro. 
which apparently I had ordered <laughs> when they uh, did the Hasbro PulseCon way back sometime in September or early October. So I don't know when I ordered that, but I got notification that was coming. So that arrived Wednesday, I think. And it's beautiful, man. Rick gave a great description of it on uh, Jam Transmissions. But yeah, it's, it's got this great slip case. And so you open it, you slide it open, and you can actually... It's, the figure is not covered in plastic, so you can actually like poke the figure and actually touch it. It's got like that little soft goods, capey, woolly hood thing in the back. Really nice figure. Great accessories. Super stoked about that. And then this weekend, some exclusives came through for me. Uh, one, again, that I f- totally forgot about that I ordered, but it was the IG-11 from the c- uh, credit collection. That came oh, in. Oh, you went for that? I thought you said you weren't buying that one. I, yeah, because I don't have any IG-11 at all. So I, I decided, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to get IG-11 because I'll probably never see him again in the Black Series. Um, or at least at a price I'm willing to pay. So I'll do this one. And so I got that and I got uh, the Mando, which was an a- uh, Amazon exclusive. That came in today. Um, the figures themselves are kind of whack, <laughs> especially IG-11, because they are painted as you see them in concept art. So if the concept art it like has like lighting painted onto the character to like mood, the figure is that way. So IG-11 is like orange and tan and gold and yellow. It's very strange. It's a very strange figure. But with the card back, it works. But yeah, if, if you just got the figure alone, you'd be like, what is this? Like this, I, I don't want this figure. It's so weird on its own. But uh, with the card back, looks great. Same with the Mando. He's he's crazy in the color department, but with that vintage style card back and to, just to have those two, I'm done. I'm out of that line. I'm not doing the other three figures. Um, and they're sold out anyway across the board, so I don't have a choice. But yeah, that's that was my week in collecting. Lux Armor, uh, Credit Collection Mando, and IG-11. And uh, that's that. So that was a big week done. And yeah, That's uh, crazy, man. The armor thing is sick. Oh, man. I'm really I'm happy to have have scored that. Uh, that was a that was a sweet deal. Um, I just scored it. <laughs> it's 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 coming. Can you get two? It... <laughs> <laughs> Corey, you can order. You could have ordered it just as well as I could. And you said I you didn't had... know it went on sale. Ah, well, that's a shame. It is. Good thing someone's looking out for me. Good thing. Prick. <laughs> So when we sat down uh, to record a week, and hey, I did. I was looking out for you. I sent you that picture of of, of all, that whole line in Dorval. Not my fault you couldn't get out. Yeah, probably wouldn't have been there. So it was it was a hoax, fake news. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. Anyway, so last week when we sat down to record uh, the Razor Crest, the ha- the uh, the Haslabs Razor Crest had just uh, t- uh, passed twelve thousand backers, and it was on its way to its thirteen goal uh, level where it unlocked all the carbonate bounties. And it did that uh, Tuesday-ish last week. So the, the four carbonate bounties are unlocked, which is sweet. And then, of course, not uh, not content to let things go with, with two weeks left, uh, Hasbro dangled two more carrots with two more tiers, uh, one at 15,000 to unlock the, uh, a really nice-looking stand, and another at 17,000, to unlock a carded exclusive Jawa figure with a bunch of exclusive accessories, including uh, a big fat Suga. 
So, yeah, so it'd be it'd be interesting. I, I know what? Where is? That? I want to see where it is now. So I th- last time I checked, like midweek last week, was it had passed thirteen thousand. I wonder where it is now. Let's go check. This is a live look, folks. Hasbro Pulse. There we go. We're leaning in close to the mic. Oh, this is this is, this is exciting. Where are we at? This is the way. Click that button. He lines it up. It's rolling to the hole. 14,523. Get in the hole! <laughs> oh, are you too good for your home? <laughs> look at, look, look at that, man. 14, 000, it's added to... 14, yeah, it's added, it's added about 2,500 backers since we last recorded. In a week. Because it, it had just passed 12 seven days ago when we were recording our last episode 2500 so there's every chance with eight days to go that it could hit the 17 because there's always that spike in the final week as people like me just leaning back feet up on the chair just waiting to see what's happening and gonna rush through the door at the last second so yeah utah get me two hey Corey, sell your own collection man Man, <laughs> you, I love I love the comeback. Like the, the I have no comeback. Like I could, oh, but I just don't want to. Yeah. Well, also, I can. I'm thinking of selling some stuff soon, but it's not going to amount to anything. Uh, oh, you'd be surprised. Really? Yeah, yeah, I'd be. You'd be surprised. Stuff can sell pretty damn quick. Pretty you'd be my bro- broker. Just mm. Take fifteen percent off the top. That's a negative. So yeah, eight, eight more days, about uh, 2,500 backers to go to get that 17K level. And boy, I really want that that uh, Jawa to be unlocked. That will be really sick if they can get there. Wow. So yeah, this, so this thing, the tally on this thing is, the includes are getting pretty awesome. Like the ship comes with the four carbonite blocks, uh, the escape pod, uh, a stand, Three exclusive figures, two of them being carded. Like that that's pretty that's the value is starting to, to add up now. Which which is nice to see, because it's you know it's a pricey piece. But you know, three figures, that's not nothing. Uh, that nice big stand, which I don't even know if I'd use to be honest. I, I may just prefer to have use the landing gear. But yeah, the the four carbonite blocks, this thing, yeah, I'm stoked, man. I you yeah, know me I, too. When are you gonna pull that trigger? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I got another week. I got another week. Really? We'll see. I'm de- I'm I'm pretty like you know. Last week I was dithering. Ah, do I? Is it gonna be Razor Crest? Does it mean Hot Toys? Is it gonna be a uh, Corey Thune the, the the like high end comics type thing? I think it's gonna be Razor Crest. It's it's too. It's getting cooler by the minute, by the day here. It's uh, it's it's well. I think it's gonna be well worth trying this Haslabs thing. And at the rate it's going, 17K is, uh, they're going to do it. All right. Probably. Look, if you if you do change your mind and you want to get in on a, a retiring set, go, the Tantive 4 is almost is going to be retired in a couple of months. So if you want to, it's 269. It's uh, and a lot less than, uh, than what the Haslabs would have been. And it's a great, great model too, so. It's a really cool model. Yeah, nah, Razor Crest is where it's at for me for sure. 
I mean, unless something comes up in the next week where I'm like, ah, man, I can't spend 600 bucks. Ah, I have to down, you know, if I have to scale down this, the, the expenditure, that could become an option. But uh, right now, this Razor Crest is just gorgeous. Oh, man. All right, so uh, let's uh, wrap up that collecting update and all that stuff and head over to back in time to the High Republic. We're going to be spending, again, a lot more time there in the near future. But this week, we get to talk about the villains in a little more depth. And we last week, we had a good look at the Jedi of that era. Uh, we've done some, I guess, flybys with the bad guys. But uh, this week, again, we get we got a really, I guess, the most in-depth look we've had since the unveiling of, of what was once known as uh, Project Luminous. So uh, we got the Drengir unveiled to us. The Drengir. Drengir? I'm not sure how to read this, but... Uh, the piece on StarWars.com, they described them as uh, the seed for the vegetation-based villains came from a sketch by legendary Star Wars concept artist Ian McKegg in the early days of the High Republic's development. Ian had been sketching monsters, and there was one creature that was covered in vines and creepers. It sparked off the inspiration for what became the Drenger, and I quickly, I guess we're talking about, uh, this is a Kevin Scott quote, and I quickly fired off a document outlining what could be their culture and background to the rest of the group? Drawing on research, I'd been reading about how real-world plants thrive and communicate with each other. And I thought this quote was interesting, uh, not necessarily because of the characters, but or, or the Drenger itself, but I, I found it illuminating for anyone uh, who hasn't had to work on a, an official Star Wars project, which, if you're listening to this, it's probably all of us, um, it's not a, it, from the sounds of it, it's not like Kevin Scott had this idea in his head for this creature that's basically a, a mix of of swamp thing and a wrath tar. Like he didn't have this idea in his head and then make the artist put it down on paper. They were just blue skying stuff, and then he saw something he liked and worked around that. And I think most most people probably believe it's the opposite, where they ha they say I want this on paper, that's my bad guy. You draw it for me. This is totally the inverse, where they're all just spitballing ideas and something clicks and you go, oh, yeah, I think I can work with that. So I thought that was a pretty illuminating quote. Did anything jump out to you guys about uh, the Drengir? Drengir? Well, for me, the thing was the mystical, like, it, it kind of described it as a mystical thing. Like, they, they can appear wherever, wherever they want and it's like, is it a sludge? Like, is it is it that symbiote that causes Eddie Brock to become the, you know, the bad guy? I don't know. It, it's uh, it, I I I couldn't really wrap my head around that whole aspect. But um, the drawing was awesome. Like, it was so cool. Uh, the art's really cool. I mean, they're unlike anything in Star Wars, and I'm and yeah. I'm I'm really glad these are going to be in a comic because they're so different in, than anything we've seen in Star Wars that I, I think that visual representation well, uh, lends itself to comic book for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah, look at Swamp Thing, look at Man Thing, all those types of, of plant-based characters. This is going to fit right in with that and probably, probably share some similarities too beyond just the way they look. Like probably the way they, again, like Swamp Thing can just sort of grow out of grow out of things right like i imagine these guys might be somewhat similar 
Um, yes, I, and what's what's also cool about them is, like, what I was surprised to hear actually was that this run that Kevin Scott's working on, it's only six or twelve issues. So if if nobody likes these guys, well, you won't have to deal with them for very long. So they might just come and go, and you'll never have to see them again. But um, yeah, I mean to, to see them in comics, I think that's the uh, the best way to kind of get them to be to us to assimilate into our D, our Star Wars lexicon, I guess. What about you, Corey? Did you look at these guys? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, the, it, you know what it almost feel felt like to me, like uh, Star Star Trekian in a way. The, the way they described them as like living organisms, almost like plants. Like I thought that was kind of different anyhow and they, like their goal to spread throughout the the galaxy kind of makes sense as like a virus or an organism or whatever but i don't know it just seemed very different for star wars in a way very like different. different kind of threat yeah like, you know, I, i'm i'm outside the box i'm super glad it's not just like I, i'm glad they went elsewhere with with a bad guy like they could have just done like humanoid force wielder again and we'd be like yeah okay cool it looks great whatever but this is something totally different, which we need, or at least you know, we need to give it a shot to see. You know, I mean, like I, I wanted to hear more about like they're sentient, right? So, and they do have an end goal again to, it seems to to spread their seeds or whatever throughout the galaxy, which is kind of scary. You know, but uh, you know, I think we never heard of the creature afterwards, so pretty sure it's safe to say the Jedi succeed. And annihilating the entire species. <laughs> well, I mean, you laugh, but you're right. Like, is that the eventuality here? And if so, you know, that that's... It's a slippery slope, Kyle. That's the problem with going in the past. It's just you, you, you invariably tie things into... Uh, like, you're tying knots into a timeline and... Uh, you know, you, how far back do you have to go before, you know, those ripples don't affect what's already been made? Well, it's it's similar well, it, to, it, it's similar it, to like uh, yeah. death, death Troopers. Like, why weren't they in at the Battle of Endor? Like, all that, all that stuff. Where it's more we, s- similar to, uh, what's that creature from Clone Wars? The giant one. Zillow Beast. The, yeah, the Zillow Beast. Like, it's the last of its kind. Like, they're basically, the Jedi are like, no, we can't do this. It's like genocide, you know? I'm like meh. I wonder. It just it makes me wonder if, well, if, you know, if the Jedi do eliminate them, make them extinct, is that sort of, you know, a, a step down the wrong path for the Jedi of this era? You know, something that leads them towards their eventual doom, or maybe maybe they aren't there yet and they find a like a sanctuary for these types of things. And you guys stay here. This is where you're gonna live now. Or, I don't think they want that. They want to spread well, it's maybe their goal. You, it's their purpose. You fence them off. That's it. This is your place. You can't leave here. Meh. I wonder if, oh God, remember in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic? I don't know if you guys read it, but there's that moon that Snoke was on and it was full of vegetation. I wonder if that could be sort of retcon to be uh, Drenger-esque. Hmm. It's a Charles it's Soule scary, book. Though. It's a Charles Soule the... book. Huh. It's scary to think of a of a, of a plant-like creature, you know, like, I don't know, like Little Shop of Horrors or uh, 
even Dart from Stranger Things. Well, Dart's he's, he's, he's Dart's not, friendlier ish. He's not a plant, but, but kind of like the way his head is, like, you know. Well, he opens like a lotus or a flytrap kind of sort of thing. I guess yeah, I'll give you that. Exactly. But he's, he's he's not a plant. No, but similar in that regard to you know. Just scary monsters, I guess. That's what they were kind of going for again is monsters, right? Yeah, like it seems like they're very much inspired by those old, you know, like Universal Studios monsters from early Hollywood. Like from the 20s and 30s, like Dracula and Frankenstein's monster and Bride of Frankenstein, the mummy, the wolfman, all those things. Like it feels like this kind of slips into that vein a little bit. And well, it's it's kind of it's it's the Rick Baker thing too, right? Like it's it's the it's the the, the backbone of Star Wars is, is those types of characters it's been it's been lacking frankly in in this in like since disney's bought the franchise like the the crazy wild creatures and their involvement in the stories especially the the sequel trilogy non-existent really not used to good effect really in any of the movies so the wrath tar kyle it kind of reminds me of this creature's to a certain degree. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's why I called it a mashup of, of Swamp Thing and a Rathtar. So, yeah, I mean, like, and, and you know, it's it's Kevin Scott's thing, and he's the horror yeah, guy. Yeah. Like, he wrote Vader's Castle Vader's series. Vader's Castle, yeah, it's, that was this, fun. Man. This seems right up his street. So, I think these creatures are in the right hands with the right writer. They're either going to be really cool, or they're going to be something that just doesn't connect, and we'll never see them again. And that's, again, why they kind of said in the article, like, why they're releasing the information, because it coincides with Halloween and, you know, kind of makes sense in the sense, again, monsters and. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So back on the Nile, uh, we got the most information, the most informative dump about the Nile yet, uh, getting some insight to their tactics, their tools, how they operate. Uh, So Charles Soule said, they're the stuff of nightmares able to appear anywhere almost at will. They use bizarre, intimidating tactics, chemical weapons, poison, anything that might kill you, they, they'll they use. And this is something I've been waiting for in Star Wars. An enemy that relies on something other than the super weapon. And not so long ago, we did an, uh, a Luminous Beings episode that focused on this. It was this year, like it was this, this past summer. And it, it's, it's almost like we were being listened to, like biological and chemical weapons were one of the things I wanted to see in Star Wars for future enemies. Like, at least give it a try. But I, 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 I'm not so sure I thought we'd get there this soon in the High Republic. So I'm, I'm cool. What did, you, what did you guys think of that? Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Like, you know, very organized group of, like, space pirates for the most part. Like, seemed to be quite a scary bunch. Like, almost like you said, Kyle, like, a, it kind of, the way you were describing it, it almost sounds like a joker and his crew in a way you know like they have no scruples like they just take what they want is how they're described which is is kind of you know scary especially for like the marauding type speaking of joker we watched uh batman 89 last night as as our our spooky halloween movie hadn't seen that in 25 years dude i still remember seeing that in theaters yeah for sure for sure but i hadn't seen it in so long you know what we got i gotta watch this thing with the kids so yeah anyway you're right Corey. i am yeah i, I agree with you uh, carlos it's do you like have any ordered chaos you know yeah and they, and they kind of in a way like 
you know, the masks and all that, like uh, being in an organized group, they, they don't, they somewhat remind me of Mandalorian in the sense that they do have a code. It seems, however, very chaotic and whatnot, like, but very, I don't like not at all the same, but you know, mask wearing and, and I it just seems very that's... cutthroat. Yeah. It seems where the similarities end. Carlos, what did you take from uh, the Nile from this Star Wars piece? I like it because it kind of gives the feeling of uh, if we can go back to uh, The Walking Dead uh, where uh, Rick's group uh, meets up with those the saviors. The Nile are kind of like the saviors to me in the sense that like they're, they'll go, they have their own codes and you know they're marauders too, and but but they have like this thing where like we're at, we're actually saving people. So it's kind of like the you know the semblance with that. And if if you go on and and talk about the head the head Nile guy, like it's there's a, there's a huge similarity to Negan with with uh, with that. So that that's what I thought of, and I I thought yes. That would be so cool in Star Wars. It's usually tiny, either huge, huge organizations, uh, military, or like scrappy pirates. Yeah, so Negan that- in Star Wars is something that I've been sort of. I mean, it's it's a little bit dark for the franchise, but he, I mean, he doesn't have to be a skull crusher kind of thing. But someone in that vein who's just just bad. Negan, Negan's strength is not from his gruesome acts. He does have those, but it's it's just the it's the fear. It, it, well, fear it's, is, just, it's his casualness about it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. The, the, such the, a great nature. Character. So, like when when Charles Soule says that they're able to appear anywhere almost at will, so I. This might be a lawyer picking his words carefully, but so is he painting the picture of what like teleporting? Well, like I'm I'm wondering if he's painting the picture that oh geez like they mix in among people and boom suddenly you got a flash mob of Nile just wrecking shop or or did he slip us a real nugget of info like we know we know that hyperspace is going to be used as a uh, very key plot point in this this saga. So I wonder if the Nile use hyperspace in a, in a unique way that gives them the appearance of popping up out of nowhere. Or, Corey, you might, you might be like this. Like, do they have access to portals like we see on Lothal that we don't know about? Well, maybe and, even just this will kind of correct the timeline for me. Like, you know, my, my problems with the timeline, if there was some kind of like jump in technology even where the Nile have like faster hyperspace as opposed to like we were saying like uh, uh, Star Trek you know it would take them a hundred years to cross the, just the galaxy right like Star Wars it's the speed of plot which works for the story but you know sometimes when you look at it it's like oh man that, those are pretty far away from one another they got to be careful with things like that but like you could see how the galaxy would be much different and things would have changed in the sense, you know, if it, if they could shorten that traveling time and if they explain that in this, and if Nile has possession of that, that's even a more powerful weapon. Like 
definitely the people that are in control of the galaxy we want to get their hands on that at all means by all costs yeah like i've i don't know if if, if it's just me but I, I feel like some fans have sort of talked themselves into this connection between the nile and like sith overlords somewhere behind the scenes and that would sort of draw some loose threads between portals of some kind and their ability to just sort of pop up anywhere and that would you know that would scare the jedi you know the part of the core of this series is the question of what scares the jedi so yeah that, but you have to think that if the dark side users were ever to have access to those portals then it's game over already right like the whole thing is keeping them away from those people which ezra did <laughs> stop trampling on his story kyle I hope they do, just just for that, Corey. That's another thing this weekend. I couldn't believe you said that to me, the collecting update. It's like, yeah, you want me to ask my guy if he's got another Ahsoka and Seb? You're just like, no, I'm good. It's like, what? You're good? No, you're not good. You're not in the mood. You get in the mood. Yeah. I, it's like, I, how can... I don't need him. <laughs> the Ahsoka, that, that Ahsoka is almost identical to the one that came out a couple of years ago. And the quest soon is going to begin for the, the Clone Wars Season 7 Ahsoka, and all my attention will go to that. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like one of those, Corey? Would you like me to check with you now? Would you like one of those? Big time. Okay. Yes, I, please. I might keep you in mind for that. Okay, please. Do. It's, it's going to be tough to get. I'm just saying. Just saying. Right. Uh, okay, so uh, the next thing Charles Soule said is, They are frightening in a way that feels great for Star Wars, in part because of their code. If you can call it that. Uh, so, hold on. In part, because their code, if you can call it that, is so simple. The Nile take what they want. If you stand in the way, they will kill you and everyone you love. But even Chaos agents can have goals, and the Nile's plans run directly through both the Republic and the Jedi Order. And I think that's the most vivid description yet. They sound barbaric and ruthless, which, again, I think Star Wars needs. Like, we need unhinged maniacs causing mayhem in Star Wars. Like, and they have bold plans too. Yeah, I, I don't know what their goals are though. Like, I have no idea beyond like this, you know, nebulous domination thing. I have no idea what these people want, and that's that's exciting to me. I don't. I, I'm happy to wait to see what it is they're they're after. But yeah, that's uh, another thing too. Like, it seems like they control like a, a rather large quadrant of space. Like, I'm not going to say like Mandalore in the sense that, you know, we're talking about like two thousand planetary systems or whatever. But like, there's three different tribes, from what I imagine, or what I gather from the article. Yeah, Tempest. You know, they're, they're probably that's it, and they're probably spread out quite far from one another. I would think far enough. Anyhow. Well, who knows? Yeah. So I mean, uh, Carlos, did you have any comment on uh, their their goals, what they could be? Mm. No, but it's, it's always. I mean, what what, what motive? We don't know their motivation. So, I, how can I know what their goal is? If their motivation is chaos, then there is no. Yeah, I mean, if they're just anarchists, then maybe yeah, may, maybe chaos chaos is enough. They, they yeah. want to reach the, the like the center core systems and mess it all up. I would think. Or just be the spoke in the wheels of the republic, maybe. Like, yeah. Yeah, if, they, if, if they're taking a hard, hard reset on the galaxy, if they're taking the page from the Joker, then just watch the world burn. That's good enough. But yeah, they're interesting. Um, so also, 
Sol says, The Nile are organized into three main divisions called Tempests, each with its own captain who wields total control. That I find super interesting. Most interesting of anything I've heard is that they're organized in this way. Like, they're not quite just aimless marauders. They do have focus. They do have leadership. Um, so, yeah, the Brutal Space Vikings. Like, and politics, probably, too. Probably. Yeah, they probably have their internal politics as well. But it, it just reinforces the notion that the Nile have ambitious goals. So they probably have, like, all these minions to run around and chop people up and, and burn things. But there's people pulling the strings for them that have specific goals. And this is the means to, to achieve that. That's really exciting to me. And then you find out in the long run, it's one of the Sith Lords pulling the strings. <gasps> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I, that, maybe. That's improbable. Yeah. It seems to be kind of like a smart money bet, but almost like too easy of, an, of a reach. Like at some point, the Sith have to come in and start corroding the Republic from the inside. We like Plagueis has got to come around at some point. Uh, we're not, we're not near Palpatine yet, but the Sith are somewhere out there. They're not extinct. Is you know which which Sith Lord is out there still active, but very so very much in the shadows. Do at one point in this series or this saga, whatever they're creating, will the Sith appear in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, fans fandoms already asked that question a thousand times. Like it seems inevitable. I think it's inevitable for us to see it, but not for the Jedi to see it. In, in the timeline because it would have to be like really behind the scenes stuff. Or if any Jedi not... does, like those Jedi could never ever get back to the, to the they could never report it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on, uh, we learned about sort of the, the leader or the head of of the uh, the Nile, Marchion Rowe who holds, uh, according to Charles Soule, March and Roll holds an important post within the Greater Nile organization. He is the Eye of the Nile, as was his father before him. He doesn't give the orders, that's up to the Tempest Runners, but in a very real way, everything revolves around him. So before we talk about the character, uh, Carlos, what do you think of the look of this guy? There's a little flair there. There's a little... Uh... Not really. Like, remember how like Zori Bliss kind of had the Rocketeer thing happening? Yep. Uh, I like the color matching to that. Uh, I I love all the drawings that I've seen so far, even from the variant covers that we we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Just everything that they're they're putting out looks it's gorgeous, and I like the ornateness a little bit of the of the thing. Like, the, there's almost some like pirate captain swag happening. Steampunk um, pirate stuff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like just really something like um uh I'm not gonna say more ornate, like it's not a question of there's just style there. Yeah, there's some classic Star Wars elements to it too. It's got like that Darth Vader armor piece kind of across the chest and shoulders, and the control panel and the measure and in, in the in like in the middle on his chest for good measure, and like ah. The helmet, what's, what's you know what's a good Star Wars villain without a helmet? Yeah, uh, everything that you, that you kind of take from a star a good Star Wars villain, and you just put it all together, and you get this this March and Row guy. Uh, Corey, what do you think of the guy of the guy's look? Yeah, I mean to be honest, I'm surprised none of you guys mentioned neither of you mentioned like totally t- 
to me, I'm getting vibes of like Guavian Death Gang guy with the one eye, like yeah, and like a mix between Sidon, Sidon Ithano. Yeah, with like the the wings kind of coming off the sides of his helmet. Yeah, like total mash of those two for the helmet, anyhow. But uh, I I was kind of surprised. I thought they would have made him look a little more scary. Like the one eye thing kind of makes him look a little more almost robotic. Like I just watched the tree horse, uh, Treehouse of Horrors with my son, and it's that episode like with ha- the Howl Nine Thousand with the eye. That's what it kind of kind of reminds me of. Could be a little scarier, I think. But uh, this guy sounds like a complete again, like a like a like a Joker. Like they just describe him again as a a guy that you know he's not the leader, and in that regard, like I think he was the grandson of someone, right? His father was. Well, he's he's the eye of the Nile, and his father was the eye of the Nile before him, and I, I don't know I why I wonder how far back that goes. That's it. So like to me, I'm getting almost like Kylo Ren vibes again. Like this guy doesn't really, he's not the leader, but he's earned the respect of everyone and stuns probably some absolutely crazy stuff. No one questions what this guy does. Like he'll do something crazy probably, you know, and like everybody just kind of follows suit. That's the way I kind of see it, you know, like kind of like the uh, the opening scene of Force Awakens. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't get any. He's got space cred. Well, yeah, he's definitely got cred. I mean, he, I don't. Yeah, I guess is is he like a a figurehead for the organization? Like, he if he doesn't give the orders, yet everything kind of revolves around him, he must be almost like some sort of revered character. That's it. He's got a reputation, and like people respect him. Eye of the Nile. So that is he some sort of like prophet to them? Does he have visions of stuff? Is he the force wielder? Who knows? He's just the crazy guy. Or is he just crazy? Uh, he could just be a, a complete nut job. Um, it's like inevitable that they're gonna be. There's gonna be force users there, right? Yeah, I mean, how can you put the Jedi up against just even as many violent marauders as you want to put them up against somewhere, they're going to have to bump up against somebody who pushes back with the force. Not necessarily like take Mandalorians again, for example, like that's something I hope we see on screen at one point, like uh, the great Jedi Mandalore war, but like they probably held their own. Yeah. Obviously I think a Mandalorian would be wary of a Jedi, but Again, I don't. But think they, also, they also had weapons specifically to repel them. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the prepared. Nile do too, but who knows? Um. Yeah. The last quote here: the things that make the Nile more than just a bunch of outer rim raiders come from Marchin. He is also, in every sense, a bad guy. A bad guy is italicized. That is a choice that they made. For me, that's important. Like Star Wars needs more bad guys that are just. Bad. And I don't want to have to wonder if this guy is going to be redeemed or if he's really a softy who's just just had his feelings hurt. He was he wasn't he didn't get enough hugs. Like, <laughs> I think like it, it feels like he's revered for that. Like he's probably just a really bad guy, and everyone's just like, okay, we're not questioning. Like this guy's the crazy crazy guy. <laughs> like yeah, I, I just want to enjoy hating a bad guy, a good bad guy. That's that's what we need. I don't want the, this super complicated character who oh, once he was good, but then he got his heart stomped on and 
He got left out in the cold, and he's now he's bad, but he could be good again if someone just pet him on the head. Get out of here with that. Just give me a bad guy. You know, you're talking about, you just described Callus. Like. Who I like, but we have Callus. We got him. You know, we have Anakin. We yeah, got him. There's multiple. <laughs> there's been multiple. Give us some more bad guys who are just bad. So anyway, I'm I'm stoked. Overall, I like I really like what I hear from this, and it, it doesn't sound like they're they're overreaching or overcommitting. And I, I can't wait to see what comes in January when when this High Republic thing picks up. And it's gonna be really cool. Like December 18th, Mando's gonna end, and first week of January, this is gonna pick up. So like the ball is gonna get passed from one to the other. The content is just gonna keep rolling, and it's 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 gonna be really great, man. And I also gotta wonder, like you know, we're still. It's early November. We still got two month, two full months before this stuff comes out. I, I doubt it's the last we hear of, of the High Republic. So I wonder if we get it, if next, the next deep dive is sort of the smugglers and scoundrels of the galaxy in that era. Because they've talked about them. They're there. Or maybe some of the uh, the politicians or the Santeca clan. Like I, I would wonder if they're going to give us some info on, on those people. Anyway. High Republic is is uh, it's doing it for me right now, but we'll put that away. We'll come back to it when they give us something to talk about. Uh, now we got we guys we got to go into Mandalorian: The Return, Season Two, Episode One, Chapter Nine: The Marshal. The Mando is back, man. I I'm so happy. What did you guys do to prep? Like, did you Corey? Mm-hmm. You talked before about uh, doing a rewatch. You did. You took care of that, Carlos. Did you do a rewatch as well? Uh, I did it uh, last week. Last week, eh? yeah, yeah. So we pushed yeah. ours right until Friday. Like we, I didn't do the thing this year where I wake up early and and watch it without the family, and then watch it with them at night. So Friday, I got up and I didn't have like those super excited vibes, like you know when when you wake up to see like a saga film, or you're going to the theater that night and you're just the whole day you're buzzing. It's like out of body experience like that. I wasn't having that as excited as I was, but so we, we got up and the kids were home that day. They, they had a day off from school and the kids decorated their, their, their treasure chest for, for Halloween. But they also like in the background, we just, we put the Mando season one on and just let it rip. So from like 10 AM till five till dinner time, we just watched Mando. And then at night we had, you know, we had dinner, finished that up. And then we watched, um, the premiere so it was perfect timing it was a all mando friday it was great um but yeah man this premiere for me this episode delivered it had everything to me like what'd you guys think overall without getting into any and we're doing spoilers if if you haven't watched it yet a what are you doing honestly why are you still here <laughs> log off come back to the show go watch the show come back to this after but yeah we are spoiling the hell out of it but uh just very broadly Corey, how did you what did, was it was it a good episode to you a great episode or meh? yeah I, I loved it man i mean didn't disappoint at all series didn't skip a beat at all they followed suit with the names the chapter titles so good this one's so fitting uh it really had a fresh vibe to me like I know you guys wouldn't be familiar with this, but it had an extremely firefly vibe to it. Just in the sense that, yep, Moss Pelgo. 
very out of the way mining town, very, you know, just all off the wayward path, off the maps, like uh, just really felt like that bringing us back to Tatooine as well. Just giving us those warm, I think it was a good way to, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, low hanging fruit, you know, Tatooine, it's our warm desert blanket. You know what I mean? Like that, those twin sons, man, can't get enough of them and we're familiar with them. And I guess it's a good way to, to bring the season in, you know, but again, just didn't dis- disappoint, didn't skip a beat, like good pace throughout the whole episode and just a really fun episode. Another tropey kind of episode that really worked. What'd you think, Carlos? I love the man, the, the visuals, like, don't you feel like it, it got bigger? Yep. Like it just feels like it got bigger. I, I, I in in a good way, like. I'm 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 just talking like visually. Yeah, just uh, the, the Tatooine yeah. vistas, man. Gorgeous. Yeah, I, I loved it. It was um for me that was the, the highlight of the show. Uh I have issues with well with the, the epi- it was a good episode. Um but there's things that I'm like iffy on right now. All right, well, I'm sure we're going to get to all that. But, like, but for me, I don't want to call this episode a masterpiece, but I think like this is, it was incredible storytelling. And it's not like your typical uh, Star Wars thing where it's like, it was just like a flashy action-packed adventure that has spaceships and lightsabers. Like it didn't have that. But the storytelling that was going on was uh, super layered. And my man, John Favreau, continues to make the case for himself like, that for me, when Kathleen Kennedy steps aside, he should get her job. Like, he gets it. He absolutely gets it. Um, before we get too deep, I guess let's... Um, the references in this episode. They were everywhere. I mean, this... Everything. Like, every, references to other Star Wars stories, uh, other movies. The, 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 the references are all over the place. Easter eggs are everywhere. Um but yeah, I'm, I, I don't think we can even name them all. But did you guys pet, like even like they put this out there in the trailer? John Le- Leguizamo as, as Gore Koresh. Who had that? Not me. <laughs> Not me. But what his voice was was super familiar to me. And then when I saw the credit at the end, I'm like, oh, of course. I felt like an idiot. Like yeah. I feel like I know the guys work fairly well. And I was I love like, Johnny likes. Ah, oh, he's. He's great. Like, I'm so happy he's in Star Wars now. And I hope he gets another character where he gets to actually have a long-running character. In, he's in, like, a sloth. <laughs> <laughs> he's great, man. I he's he's yeah. great. Um, and then he himself, as Gore Koresh, mentioned the droid Gotra, which is uh, a syndicate of really pissed-off droids. Um, and I, th- I think they may have been mentioned in Season 7 of Clone Wars. And if that's true, if if my mind is correct on that, it just tells me that the droid Gotra is sort of front of mind for the powers that be. And I it just gets me thinking about, about what that could mean for the future. But another conversation. Uh, R5-D4. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I couldn't believe that. That, 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 nice. that they almost like made it too blatant. Like I saw like, what was it? One of the featurettes or whatever, where they were like, you know, make it obvious, like put the oil, put the stain from the explosion, 
make it obvious and it was i was like okay well that's blatantly obvious yeah they, well, um, she and she but, called him r5 and it's no nice. I, I get it but like they, they like make no mistake that this this is that r5 oh, oh yeah 100 go ahead carlos yeah no i was gonna say it's it's nice to know that like you know we all need a little bit of motivation and r5 just needed a new motivator like he gave himself up uh, from a certain point of view, uh, he gave <laughs> he gave himself up so that R two could could continue his mission. That's that was, a, that was a kind of a weird story, but little little interesting piece of lore there. Yeah. Uh, how about... I love that. I like I loved seeing it. Like I know how like Corey said, you know, it was a little on, it's on the nose, but yeah, that's what we want. Well, if you're gonna sneak in something that's on the nose, it may as well be in this episode where we're just starved for for Mando. And we're just giddy, right? And we're just so happy to have new Star Wars. There you can kind of slip in that really sweet piece of candy. And we're not going to complain. But, you know, put that in, like, episode five. We might be like, ah, stop, stop dragging, like, dragging this out. Just get to the story. Come on now. Um, Yeah, I, that, that was really cool. I mean, I guess going back to Tatooine itself is another, I don't know if it's a reference or Easter egg, but... <clears throat> There we are. I, I didn't expect to go back t- uh, to Tatooine that quickly. No, me neither. And and it feels like we're going to be here for the next few episodes. And- uh, yeah, I wonder. I w- yeah, we can talk about that later. I don't know. Like, We'll get there. Um, Anakin's pod racer. Yeah. That had almost everybody in this house falling off the couch. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't believe that. My son was so stoked... He was so happy to see that. <laughs> so was I, frankly, just to see one of Anakin's That's pod racing ride, engines. Man. I mean, I'm taking it as Anakin's. I don't know if there's another one out there like it. Maybe it's it's just not Anakin's, but I think it's his. I'm I'm yeah. I'm treating it like it's his. Me too. Like I, the first thing oh, when as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh geez, like they went for it. Like they're all like all pod racers are unique, right? I don't ever think we've seen two alike. So I'm thinking, and Anakin built his on his own. That's, to me, there's no reason why that's not Anakin's. Which is, again, on the nose, but I don't care. It's cool as hell. Uh, And then one of the other cool things uh, for Knights of the Old Republic, uh, the the, uh, Crate Dragon Pearl. Mm Mm-hmm. Which kind of means nothing to me. I don't know Kotor very well at all, but uh, th- those guys, th- that section of fandom, were freaking out. They were loving it. So, uh, the the crepe dragon pearl is a just a very rare, valuable thing, and could also be used to power lightsabers. If, if really, yeah, yeah, if handled properly, if installed properly, all that stuff. Uh, that so, thing was huge. Well, obviously, you have to like chisel out a piece or break off a little slab of it, but. Huh. Apparently that's uh, one of their purposes if it's done properly. You know what's funny? Kigo sent me the message, like this message. Like I was under the impression because to me, like when I first saw it, first thing that comes to mind, pearl. And I'm like, uh, how does that make sense? Maybe. Uh, and I'm like, oh, it's got to be like caviar, like dragon crate caviar egg, like so, like basically signifying that. Uh, you know, next generation, we're not going to have to deal with this, right? But then, I'm speaking with Matt Keegan, and you know his take? 
he was like he was like all that for a ball (laughs) (laughs) so basically you know the tuscan raiders lost their ball and like we're in we got to kill this guy he swallowed their soccer ball yeah and i loved i loved that i was like hey you never you know what maybe i misread it because it was kind of round it was uh it was extremely round as round as anything could ever possibly be Corey. it was spherical not oval egg-shaped so there was something there i'm glad you clarified anyway so like it doesn't take us long to get get moving towards one of the big reveals in this season like the opening scene forms sort of like the backbone of the trailers like he's yeah he needs to find other mandos and he's at gore koresh's mma palace to 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 find his find his way get a tip on where to go and gore koresh directs him right back to tatooine and from that moment, like as you know, we followed the spoilers to a certain degree here. So as soon as he said Tatooine, I knew in that moment that oh boy, there's a we're getting a big reveal in this episode. I don't know that I was expecting that in episode one, but right up front, you know you're getting one. And so I, I right away I'm like, oh, we're gonna get Cobb Vanth. And so obviously, you know, that that comes to pass. But uh it was really cool, like going back to Tatooine, <clears throat> and he lands back at at uh, in Pelly's hangar, which again I didn't expect to see. I never thought we'd see her back in the show, um, but he he sent one of the cool references I think that, and we kind of touched on it earlier in the podcast randomly, but he's searching for a Mandalorian in a place that isn't on a map, which is a great callback to Attack of the Clones. Where he, yeah, you know, there were a few callbacks and for different things. Yeah, it's and there's at least a couple of Attack of the Clone callbacks in this episode. And so, like going back to that, where Kenobi is looking for a bounty hunter, maybe a Mandalorian in a place that isn't on a map. So, like a really cool parallel there. Um, I like that. And then, okay, so Mando, <clears throat> he he has much less of a problem with droids now. Like he's yeah, IG eleven sacrifice. He's cool. He seems to have come around on droids, and so there's like a little bit of of character growth there, uh, which I thought was it's it's cool, I guess. But it, it that felt sudden to me. Like he's suddenly super cool with droids. It felt a little quick. If I if I, I sense I sense the reluctance still. Like you know, he was like a. The crest can use like a really good once over, so like just have at it. Like you said, he's grown a bit, like, but I still feel like there's a reluctant or reluctance. Well, before there. last season, it was like get these things away from my ship, and now he's like, yeah, give him a once over. I said again, the look IG eleven man, like that's the whole. I'm sure that's the connection well, there for like, sure. Like he's the, that the droid earned he was his so trust adamantly, like big time. The way he just like walked out into lava, man, like save you all well i mean that's that's really quill like quill told him taught him that droids can be trusted if they're treated properly if they're programmed properly that they're 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 cool and then mando's picked that up okay so uh cobb vanth shoe in totally shoe in he was obviously brought in very early in the episode what did you think carlos finally meeting cobb vanth pulling in a character that we met Back at the almost like almost five years ago, maybe it's actually six years ago now. Uh, well, 
we uh, we knew it was going to happen. Uh, well, knew we it was pretty pretty much, you know, expected. It, yeah, it couldn't have been any. It would have been weird to be anything else. So yeah, uh, not bad. I loved, I love Timothy Oliphant. Like, uh, well, there's something wrong character. with you. There's something wrong with you if you don't like that guy. Yeah, he's he's a great character actor and. Uh, uh, he's got great hair. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> he takes off the helmet and it's he has like perfect hair. I love it. It's <laughs> like, oh man, yeah, that's my boy right there. But um, yeah, I kind of looked a little thin under the uh, under the the, the armor and uh, yeah, he did it. I thought eh? I thought he's too tall for the armor. I'm sure there's a reason why they did it. Like, they didn't, you know, oops. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm also kind of, you know, <laughs> they're, even the Mandalorian, like, there's a lot of openings in that armor, you know what I mean? There's a lot of, like, weak points, but everyone's just like, oh, let's, like, let's go where you're most heavily armed. Like, even him, like, his, his he's basically just got a chest plate. Like straight out of like Back to the Future three, <laughs> or Batman eighty nine, with a dessert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all it is, and a mask that's bulletproof. But like seeing Bar- Boba's armor on screen, like that's th- for the first time since eighty three. Like that's pretty wild. Yeah, it's so cool, and to see another Mando, like uh, just to see the, it's again like the way they look when they're on camera, like. It's 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 odd. There's something about it that's like ominous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it is weird to see that many of them together. Like when you see them in the covert, and there's that many Mando helmets together, you're like, ooh, like it's it's, it's... Yeah, that, that was different. But like when you see Cobb Vanth, like the way he, he's standing there in the music, man, you're like, oh, like what is going on? Or like even when the bartender tells him like like have you ever like have you ever seen another Mandalorian? He's like we don't get many visitors. Yeah. And he's like have you ever seen anyone else, like looked like me? He's like a marshal. Like that's so cool to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're so like uh, like outcast. You know what I mean? Like they're so on the far reaches of the galaxy. Not only that, like the far reaches of, the, of this planet that's at the on the outer rim. You know, like. They're so far removed from everything. Yep. I I'm, I was left wondering. Very, very Firefly. <laughs> oh, God. Like, did, I had a little bit of trouble seeing past Timothy Oliphant. Like, he's, to me, he's so Timothy Oliphant that I, every time he's on screen, I'm like, Dad, Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah I, I, I kind of agree with you, especially the way Carlos pointed out, like, he didn't really fit the armor that great. Yeah, I I I thought it looked awkward on him. But just imagine, like that's going to be an action figure soon. So get ready for that. That the Cobb Vanth action figure is absolutely coming. And you know, but I'm left wondering how how the Jawas got the armor. Like, how did Boba Fett and the armor become separated? Yes, he, he went down that's wearing it. That's another thing too, like. Oh, I was kind of happy when I saw the armor at first and then I saw that it was called Vanth. I'm like, there you go. 
I'm like, no Boba. That means Tamor Morrison is Rex. So I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. It's like, take that. Can I just can I just no can I just say that you could still be right on that? Yeah. Because he because he could play both characters. Sure. You're right. And then that's yeah, that is that's so, the case. There, there is a rumor there that he is playing both characters. Oh, gotta be. I don't know if that's gonna be true, but uh anyway, we'll we'll get to, we'll get back to that. Um so another cool callback was the Tuscan Raider dogs. The Massifs, another shout to Attack of the Clones. And I just, I love seeing that. I love seeing that continuity throughout the saga. Great pull. Like when, in contrast to uh, cin- Great Cinematic Failure, Rise of Skywalker, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, the end of the movie where uh, that old lady is is walking. Uh, a creature we've never seen before. Why wasn't that any of the many recognizable beasts from Tatooine. It could have been an Eopi, a Dubak, whatever. A Ronto. Instead, it was this new creature. Like, it looked like a big llama. Like, why? Like, like they put in a massive here in, in this episode. That's how you do it. You give us those little little breadcrumbs, those little nuggets that we love so much. It was great. Um... I, I loved seeing the scenes of, of Mando negotiating with the Tuscans, just communicating with them again. Go, like, yeah, one of those great things about that episode from uh, episode five from season one was this sort of this exploration of the Tuscans, and after all this time, learning that ah, they're, you know, sure they're they're kind of vicious, but they can be reasoned with. So that kind of turned yeah. our understanding again, the- of them upside down. And their understanding of them being the actual natives to that planet, you know, and them like everybody else is like the foreigners, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you get that vibe as well from myth, myths and legends. Like there's a story with them again about a Creek dragon. Yeah. And a Jedi helping them with against that. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I was going to go there later because that's to me, that's important. Um, yeah. So, so Mando, has this whole thing right i mean, actually stick with the tuscans for a second because that's it's important they actually had uh a deaf person develop the sign language the tuscan sign language nice. yeah i saw that so it's, it's an actual thing it's not just this random gesturing like they actually developed something with the help of, a, of a, someone who's hard of hearing which is amazing that is so cool and man uh so okay, anyway, Mando leaves with the armor, right? They, I'm I'm jumping all over the place here, but Mando leaves with the armor at the end of the episode, and seemingly has an ally in Cobb Vanth. And then as the episode ends, we get a glimpse of somebody who's been watching this whole thing unfold. And God, I gotta tell you, when Tamara Morrison's face came into view, everybody here in the house, all four of us, were just like, "Oh my God." Not super shocked that he's there, but, but to, cool see, to see him, cool, yeah. to, like super happy for him as a person that he's back getting work in Star Wars. But to see him this quickly, like I, you know, I thought that Boba Fett would come in a later episode, but no, they packed it in here into season into episode one or chapter nine, if you will. It was amazing. Corey, what was your reaction yeah. to seeing Timora Morrison back as presumably Boba Fett? Definitely Boba Fett, no doubt about it. The scars really indicate that he's 
seen a lot of battle damage or <laughs> soaking in the sarlacc yeah yeah i was gonna say it's the we we got the crate dragon like spitting that that acid like that could do that to that skin for sure it's definitely interesting he definitely wants his armor back like there's there's something about it like i don't know is it the same old boba fett where you know he like kind of comedically got pitched into the sarlacc is he gonna have that same kind of like hater attitude and want revenge on han solo does he just want his Mando outfit? Is he curious about the Mandalorian? Is he going to go after the Mandalorian? Is he friend or foe? That's my big question here. You know what I mean? Like, is it going to be the Mandalorian in the long run that teaches Boba what it is to be a Mandalorian? Or will it be vice versa? I think they're both going to learn from one another. At first, I definitely think they're going to be advers- adversaries. I think Boba's going to come out on top at first. Well, obviously is- the Mandalorian is going to turn it around, but I think this is going to be a whole arc before we get to episode five with Filoni, where the that's where the story will take a, a big turn and twist. But this this is going to be a big arc, I think. Like, I, th- I think possibly you're right. even a four episode arc. It, you're like, yeah, I think you're probably this right. Is Boba Fett, you know what I mean? They're not going to just toss that to the side and do like one two episodes on him, but. The way that he's just popped up here at the end, we got an, at least another three episodes of him coming. For sure. And I, I don't know how they're going to make it work, but he, you know, he knows his armor is in the hands of another Mando. So is 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 he mad about that? Is that a problem for him? Or Because, I mean, there's something here. Like, there's a big... There's a big string here to pull. And there's lots of stuff that they could, they could get done here with, with the Boba Fett character and make him actually very very interesting and compelling for a change and so like it's, what was he doing though was he watching like i don't understand like is there a tracking beacon on the the armor itself like it seems like Cobb Vanth had this stuff for quite some time now that the mando has it he's gonna like finally make an even more aggressive move where you think it would be much easier to steal it from someone like Cobb Vanth well, it's it's interesting because I, I, you know, this sort of confirms that it was Boba Fett at the end of episode of chapter five, the one who checks on Fennec Shand. That's Ooh. so. He's, How does he confirm that though? The cape, the spurs. It's that's Boba Fett. That was definitely him. Okay. So he's he has the ability. Okay, so he's being trapped because like see it. I was feeling like he's been trapped on Tatooine ever since. Well, I, like, yeah, I, no I think he has to travel. I don't. You're. I. Hmm. It's it's interesting, right? Because Mando's with Fennec Shand, and he's on Tatooine. He leaves Tatooine. Does Boba Fett follow him off world and then follow him back to Tatooine? Like it's there's something here that's unclear to me. That. Like, who is is Boba Fett tracking here? Like, does, is he on the Mando's trail? Was he sort of also watching Cobb Vanth with his armor and just biding his time till he could get it back? Like, what's his what's his play? What's his path? How's he doing this? I don't know. Like, is it, e, 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 even Baby Yoda, man. Like, is it redemption or whatever? Like, obviously Boba's been through the absolute ringer at this point, right? Like, is he gonna do the? I feel like it's going to be like that. I feel like they're going to be enemies. Boba's going to kind of like be the Mandalorian of the first season in the sense that 
he's you know it's gonna be a redemption thing steal the baby win over like beat the mando steal the baby kind of have a change of heart maybe maybe after everything that's gone on between him and the mando and realize that he's actually right and then help him well possibly sacrifice himself oh boy jesus good sacrificing well, I mean, go back to the start of the episode, and Mando was ready to fight Cobb Vanth right then and there, to the death, for the armor. Oh, no worry. No no problem. He's like, I'm just going to take it right off you. Like, I was like, take Damn. it off, or I'll do it. <laughs> and and it's like, he was so offended. Like, it was just such a non-starter for a non-Mando to be wearing that armor. He's like, get it off. So, like, yeah, it, I, I, what's going to happen? Stops, when he's like, let's have a drink, sits down takes off his helmet and like right away he just stops mid-stride like boom, complete shock you, you did what now <laughs> you took off your helmet no 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 is that a thing he's like yeah, boy haven't you ever heard of sabine red no he doesn't ask if it's a thing he just is mad he's like i'm not having this who are you and so like would he would he like will he would he recognize boba fett as like the face of the clone army or does like would he just be like who the hell are you and so would he hand is he just going to give the armor back to Boba Fett? Because if Mando says, or if, if Boba says, I'm a Mando. Oh, okay. Well then you're entitled to this armor. And does that, how they deal with that? Like, yeah, you got to wonder in these circles too, in the guild and whatnot, like is Boba Fett legend at this point? Does everybody still recognize and remember his name? Like I'm Boba Fett. Who? What? Come on. Anyway, it sounds to me like we're finally going to find out once and for all like what the deal is with Boba Fett. If he's a Mando, if he isn't, um, that's that's exciting. We're finally going to get somewhere with this guy. But um, yeah, like going, going back to what I was saying before, like the Mando is like there's quite a, a, a like a marked change, like a marked difference in the character and his in his general disposition. Like I, I thought he was just generally more outgoing towards Pelly. And he had no problem with her holding the child. Uh, you know, he's he's more open towards the droids. And then at, by the by the end of the episode, where they're battling the uh, the crate dragon, he and he's like he entrusts Cobb Vanth to take care of the child, which is crazy. Like he's just met this dude, and he's like, "You're gonna take care of the kid. I gotta do this." You know, if his plan doesn't work out, and all this newfound ease with other people, like. The Din Djarin is opening up to people, which tells me at some point soon, things are going to go terribly, terribly wrong. He's going to trust yeah, the wrong uh, person and it's going to backfire. Just, well, not that per se, but I was talking about this with one of my good buddies. He, he was basically, he pointed out to me that, you know, you're riding along the desert and you got this baby stuffed in a sack. Not so much as a helmet or even a pair of goggles. Sand is very abrasive. I think Kyle, one of Kyle's exes can attest to that. <laughs> you get that stuff in the eyes. <laughs> at least a pair of goggles, man. Like, you know, very uh, puts the baby in a lot of positions that aren't great. Like first scene, you know, he goes where I go. I get it. But like, man, you're really taking a risk in doing that. And even the scene where he's where the, the crate dragon comes at first, you know, like totally unattended <laughs> blatant disregard. Yeah. Very lucky, lucky Mando. 
So how about that this, battle though with the crate dragon? Like we find this. I mean, we're finally getting to see the crate dragon up close. Like we've been. Was, it was pretty good, man. I mean, that skeleton in in a new hope that three pill walks by. That had to be like a junior, a baby crate dragon that just didn't make it. Like what we saw was the real deal. That was a massive beast. Um, other observations, anybody? Like I got a whole list of things I kind of want to throw out there. Well, when, once it was all said and done, like, God damn, Mando got a wicked hunk of Philly Mignol. Oh, man, that looked good. No, I looked too lean. Oh, big. Looked too lean. No marbling in that meat. Uh, it's, it's, I guess, you know, it's nutritious, I'm sure, but probably tastes like hell. It looked delicious. But man, like the Western trope was alive and well with this one. Holy oh, yeah. cow. Big like, time, man. The, the Lone Ranger type on horseback riding into town as the locals kind of gawk at him. Like, like, how many times has that happened? Even like back to, like back to the Future Even 3. Riding, but... to, riding to town and riding to the nest as well the first time. Yeah, like in a caravan type of situation. Not even, like just him and Cobb Vamp. Oh, uh, Vamp when they go the first time. On the speed. And on then the, uh, the basically Mando... Yeah, and then Mando riding to the town, the lost town. Yeah, that, oh, man, so cool. And again, like on the Tuscan Raider thing, it really was that this this two episodes of the Mandalorian have done more for the Tuscan Raiders than forty two years combined. Like it's amazing how I suddenly care about Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> it's really cool yeah, stuff. They're awesome. All right. Um, like, damn you, Anakin. The women and the children. You monster. They're just so all misunderstood. Like, like, you know, they didn't give them a chance. They just treated the locals like trash. Come in, take their stuff, push them off their land. It sounds familiar. Huh. Anyway, uh, I guess we're getting toward the end here. Um, but I just, as, we, as we're wrapping up, I just want to say I love how thoroughly Jon Favreau gets it. I mentioned this in our spoiler group on Facebook, but um, like in one of the gallery episodes last year, Favreau said that he wants to be inspired by the things that inspired George Lucas and not necessarily by Lucas himself. And so he turns around in this episode and gives us an episode that is just like soaked in these Western motifs that we, we expect from the show, but then literally gives us an episode where the knight in shining armor slays a dragon and gives us like the whole belly of the beast mythology and all that stuff. Like that's Star Wars. It's so good. And and Corey, you'd mentioned it before, but that episode it did remind me of of that first short story in in uh, the George Mann Myths and Legends book, where the you know the Tuscan Raiders are being hounded by a dragon until a knight with a glowing sword of light comes along to solve the problem for them. Like the two stories are. I mean that that story and this episode are very tightly woven together thematically, and it's great to see. Um, it makes me giddy to see this like the the franchise talking to itself in that way. It's it's so so good, and the myth and legend of Star Wars is it's alive and well with John Favreau, and they better hold on to this guy for dear life, or or find someone who gets it as well as he does, because this guy is killing it right now, absolutely killing it. Anything else, boys, before we wrap it up here? No, I just, um, 
I like the, the 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 theme. The music of the the of the episode was. It, it, like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. Just like a step beyond. Uh, the, the the first season there was like a lot more subtlety to uh, to the theme that I really really enjoyed. Um, still not a huge fan of the big brass stuff, but um, no, it was uh, it was pretty cool. And yeah, the the reveal of of Boba Fett at the end was it really got me. Like I was kind of hoping that we get like one episode and then another one like back to back but uh we're gonna have to wait like schlubs <laughs> string us along yeah man like that this episode was like like a starting pitcher his first oh, his first pitch of the game is like a 100 mile an hour fastball like that's what this was like everything was in that pitch everything was put behind it every like john Favre, john Favreau was going to do one star wars episode and he packed it Full, full, full of Star Wars goodness. It was fantastic. I don't know how many times I'll rewatch it because I think, like, from an entertainment standpoint, it's maybe not the best episode. But storytelling wise, holy cow! So yeah, it was packed. really great. It was fun, man. Even that first scene, the way to set the tone, man. Like we'd seen, we knew what was going to happen in that scene because we'd seen, you know, in the trailer. With the what was it the whispering birds or whatever? What is it? Those little missiles. Birds. Yeah, you got it, I, Corey. I mean, that, all right. Anyway, we knew it was gonna happen, but that was a damn cool scene, and you knew right away too, man. When he hangs him up, like this guy is dead, especially the way he promises him, you know. And he's always true to his word. He's a man of his word, the Mando, you know. He's like, ah, oh, promise you're not gonna kill me. He's like, he's. I promise I won't. You won't die you. by my hand. Yeah, that's it. And, and, and that's another you thing, right? Die. Like you kind of <laughs> you, you leave the bad guy for the uh, for the locals to take care of. Like that's something I can't place it. And that's what's sort of like the great thing about so much of this this series is that you know you've seen it before somewhere, but you can't always place it. Like I know we've seen it before, where you're like, ah. I won't kill you, but they might. And it's like the beasts come out and, and eat you up. But yeah, super stuff. Just like yeah, seeing seeing Boba Fett's armor back in play, seeing that character. What's he gonna do? What's his path towards getting that, that armor back? Who's he gonna side with? Is he gonna pretend to be a nice guy that get his armor back and then betray everybody and take off with the child? There's so much possible so many great paths they can do here and man i can't yeah, wait for they to make us care about boba more now with all the toys that they've come out with in the last little bit for him i really hope that they make people care about him more like they did, did a really good job with that in the clone wars like i honestly felt his plight a lot more in that show and i felt for him you know but after that like I don't know, like he's so silent in the movies, which is cool, but maybe he did adopt the creed, you know what I mean? He seems like such a blabbermouth as a kid and, you know, just nods to Vader like, okay, whatever, old man. Yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. I, I don't I don't know what they have planned for the character, but they there's an opportunity to make him super relevant. And you know, my question 
My my big question is where is the slave one parked? Because he was that on could be cool. Like that'd be cool. Imagine at the end of the, at the end of this arc, they leave as friends and slave one they're in space you know and they're both go their separate ways like peace mando we have to think slave one was was at jabba's palace and then what like was impounded did someone else just say well he's dead i'll take this Uh, yeah exactly so how many years after endor is this four or six yeah five years or so i mean going going deep with the r5 and whatnot it would not surprise me in the least if he gets his shit back by the end of this arc and their friend, like, you know, if they leave on good terms and it's not like a shoot him out kind of ending where I have to beat you and kill you to proceed in my journey. And it's a happy, like, okay, like splitting, going different ways and good luck. He's got to have the slave one somehow, even if it's rush, rusted the crab, barely running, they get it running together. They take it to uh, his mechanic there. Well, it's, it's going to be, I think what's most interesting for me is, is what is Boba Fett without the armor? Like how like, any Mandalorian without their suit is just like, oh my God, what do they do? Like he doesn't have his flamethrower. He doesn't have his, his scopes in his helmet. He doesn't have his protection with the armor. What, what do they do? Uh, so Boba Fett has to use something other than that suit to be effective. So is he, is it guile and cleverness? Is he going to fake being Mando's friend to earn his trust? Because, again, like I said before, Mando seems to be much more trusting now. I feel like uh, he's going to be played for a fool here. And it's going to come back and bite him. It's like, that's my suit. Anyway. That's that's what I hope happens. That's my suit. Let's do this. Let's, Let's have a little talk. So we'll, but it ain't gonna go down like that. But you know, Mando, like after the, at the end of this episode, Mando's got this extra set of armor. He's heading back towards Mos Eisley, back to presumably back to the Razor Crest to leave. Like to me, it's like okay, we're done with Tatooine. Clearly, we're not. Like I, are we done with Cobb Vanth? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But it seems like we're gonna be on Tatooine for a bit. Right, like, but to me, like, nothing is stopping Mando, Mando from leaving. But something should, otherwise, we're out of there. Anyway, we'll see. We only we only have like six or five days to go. Uh, before we wrap up, guys, a quick question in from Rick. He's got a question for the show. Uh, he wants to know from us who gets announced as a toy on tomorrow's Mando Monday. And I wanted to bring this up earlier, but uh, it made more sense kind of here at the tail end of the show after we finished chatting about this episode. Uh, so we know a, a ton of stuff is coming tomorrow with Mando Monday. And, and by the time this pod hits the main feed, it, the jig is up. Everyone will know. They can point and laugh at how wrong we are. But as of now, we're, we're hours away from Mando Monday and all the reveals. So we, get, we still get to speculate. So never mind all this other stuff. We know there's a vintage collection figure coming tomorrow. But I don't know who it is. Does anybody want to throw a guess out there? Quill. Griff Karga. It's got to be one of those two. Come on. It's going to be one of those two, Corey? It's got to be. 
unless you know you can also go oh, what's his name uh not okay you're done you were you had your two carlos you gotta you want to throw a guess out there well, I would say it would be a perfect way to to introduce a character and then have his toy drop the next day of a cop vanth with the boba armor. That's kind of where my brain went. I feel like I feel like we would have known about that if it was coming, but it's absolutely a possibility. And it would be awesome. I will I will be really really pleased tomorrow if there's a cop vanth reveal. We know it's coming at some point. I said I was looking for a more established character. Like for for me, it's something coming out of this first episode. Like and it, but it really, won't, eh? Yeah, for, it won't be a fi- it won't be a figure that spoils or reveals anything that the show hasn't given us. And so, since the show has not actually confirmed that it's Boba Fett, even though we're all ninety nine percent sure, it's like we're not going to see a Boba Fett figure tomorrow where he's just wearing like this, these black or whatever he's wearing. It's it's rags at this point. We're not going to get that figure yet. Uh, so my two guesses is one is just going to be a Tuscan Raider from, yes, the, from, that, from Mandalorian. That's a good guess. Because now they're cool. Uh, and the, <laughs> other, the other is sort of like the standard version of Beskar Mando, which does not yet exist for, uh, for the vintage collection. There's, there's the uh, like covert Mando with all his multicolored armor. But the the thing is, like they're making the exclusive one with the Razor Crest with the soft goods cape. So you gotta you you know they're making the like a, a mainstream version with the molded plastic cape. Like that's gonna be on the peg. So that could be the reveal too. Uh, and the same, I guess the same would apply to the Jawa, the exclusive Jawa that might be part of the Razor Crest set. Uh, they're not just gonna make a figure just f- you know for for the seventeen thousand Razor Crests that get done. So. Uh, there could be a standard Jawa as well. It could be that, but I, I'm going to go with with uh, Tuscan Raider or a shiny Beskar Mando. Those are my picks for tomorrow, but we'll mm. see. We shall see. Uh, that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Rick, thank you, man, for the question. Hope uh, well, you can laugh at us if we're wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, Moff Gideon. That's another word. Quick shout out. Actually, yeah. Oh, he well, he already went out. That's already on pre order. Ah, there you go. And I, I, I pre-ordered mine along with the armor. <laughs> They're killing me. They're absolutely killing me. Ugh. And I ordered the uh, the retro collection Mandoline. Oh boy. Oh, disgusting. They're killing me with this stuff. Uh, all right. Anyway, if uh, if you guys want to be part of the podcast, your questions always welcome to tumblingsaber at gmail dot com. Uh, if you want to help us out, you can do that in a number of ways. First is to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Uh, then share it with your friends, leave us a review, and check us out on Patreon where you get all kinds of extra audio every month, anywhere from, uh, you know, $1 and $3 tiers. And so, you know, real easy to get on board the uh, Powerful Friends train. So go check that out at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. Uh, shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode as part of the E14 Endorse program, which you can learn more about at emotionally14.com. And guys, with all that out of the way... Carlos, where are you on social? On social media, you can find me at C Candido Music uh, on Twitter and Instagram, or at the Funny Carlos on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, CarlosCandidoMusic.com. Over to you, Corey. Yes, yes. Hit me up at Chop Rules with a Z on the Twitter machine. 
And uh, other than that, join us in our closed, comfy, private Facebook group at Tumbling Saber on Facebook. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a good time. There's always a, a joke or two to be had. <laughs> sure. And also, <laughs> sure. Uh, we've also got the uh, the extra cozy, uh, spoiler and secrets group from Tumbling Saber, uh, where we, when the episode of Mandalorian drops, we kind of congregate in there. And we, we have spoiler-filled chats in there for anybody who uh, wants to have those chats. And any, anything goes in there. Any spoiler from any Star Wars story is free game in there. So if that is your deal, uh, there's we have two Tumbling Saber Facebook groups, which we encourage you to come take part in. Uh, but that's going to do it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tumbling Saber. Uh, otherwise, you'll find me in that Facebook group. But that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Hope you enjoyed our episode Uh, We'll be back again soon, talking about the Mando again and whatever else Star Wars gives us. Uh, Until then, everybody, have yourselves a great week, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place, willing me through my dreams. Fall away, signs blindly to the lines on your face, beating strong, drifting, not relive this dream.